know if I could do this anymore. I said, you got it, I promise. So, like I said, man, uh, we're starting a new series, and it's called, say it with me, There Is More. There Is More. Do you guys remember back in January when we had our youth hangout, our youth pop-up night? We had a ton of people back when you could have a ton of people, and we had, like, volleyball, and it was all these different groups coming in. Do you guys remember that? So much fun, man. It was so, such a blast. Um, that was the theme for that pop-up night was there is more. And we really were just diving in on what service looked like in the kingdom. As people, uh, as followers of God, man, we are called to serve people, right? If you, are, if you call yourself a Christian, if you want to follow Christ, you're going to have to serve and so this first one that we're going to go through is looking at the right posture. Because if you don't have the right posture, you're not going to be able to serve. And if you're not serving, you're not effective. And scripture says, scripture says if you're not being effective, if you're not bearing fruit, then you get cut off. And I know that that might seem like a crazy thing to, to say, but it's very, very true. And I want you guys to understand it. So before we get started with getting into scripture and all of that stuff, I'd like to just ask you guys a question. Have you ever met somebody in your life that's had a title or a position, but they've never really shown leadership, right? Even when that title or position should have brought them leadership, right? How many football players, basketball players, baseball players do we have, sports athletes, anything in anywhere? Yeah. So imagine like, Imagine like your shortstop, your third baseman in baseball, or your quarterback in football, right? Like, like they're supposed to be the team leaders, right? Think about sports teams. Like they're supposed to be the team leaders. They're the ones who are going to, uh, to, to be speaking and rile the team up and get them ready to go, right? Maybe sports isn't your thing. Maybe you're a theater kid. How many people are theater kids and the arts and all that stuff? Have you ever had... Have you ever had that one lead role person who's like a total drama queen and they just are like, you don't even want to talk to, like, so ridiculous? I was a lead in a, in a musical, so I know what that's like because I was, the, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. But like, but like, sometimes it's kind of weird to watch, isn't it? Because they get this position. Shh, if everybody could be quiet. We have a ton of time to hang out before and after, so let's just listen. And, and really be ready to press in. So I just want you guys to understand that. I know it's kind of like first day of school, but, but we have to do that. So like, it's kind of weird to see people in those positions when they don't really deserve them or show like what it's like to be a leader, right? It's like, how did you get to be a quarterback, a starting quarterback at the high school or at the middle school? How did you get to be a lead in a, in a musical or in a play if you're such like a jerk or you just aren't really showing what that lead a role or position should be. You have to have two things. You have to have two things. You have to have respect. You have to have humility. And you have to, you have to really rely on those two things, respect and humility. Showing respect will gain you respect, and showing humility will end up elevating you in, in, the, in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you guys that. Your talents might be amazing. We have some super talented people. How many of you guys enjoyed the talent show that we had just a couple weeks ago? Like, it was super fun, right? Yeah. The Machinskis killed it, you know, with their individuals. You guys killed it as teams. Skills and talent will only get you so far, though. 
That's the thing that you have to understand. Humility and showing respect and, and being humble is really going to be the thing that brings you up to the, the, the front. And so there's this, uh, there's this story. Do you guys know who Muhammad Ali is? You know Muhammad Ali, the boxer, yeah? So Muhammad Ali, if you don't know who he was, he's literally one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Not only was he such a cool heavyweight in how he fought, but... He was a trash talker, man. This dude on the microphone before, like a press conference, before he got into the ring, he would talk so much smack. You guys ever heard the, the phrase, sing like a, or, uh, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee? You guys ever heard that? Yeah, that's Muhammad Ali, right? Um, you guys watch Rocky Three, you know, Mr. Mr. T, Clubber Lang? He kind of emulates this Muhammad Ali, like I'm gonna talk smack and I'm gonna beat you up as well. And so Muhammad Ali was actually on a plane one time, and uh, I don't know if you guys have ever flown uh, before, but he, he was flying, and they're about to take off, and you guys know when you take off, you have to put on your seatbelts, right? You have to make sure that you're, you're buckled up and everything like that. So the stewardess, you know how they come by, and they check, and they make sure that like everybody has their seatbelts on because they can't leave? Well, they pass Muhammad Ali, who's in the plane, and he's not wearing his seatbelt, and so the stewardess comes over and says, Mr. Ali, I'm sorry, you have to wear your seatbelt. Like, go ahead, wear your seatbelt because we need to to take off. And this is the quote that he gives this stewardess. He says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. Superman don't need no seatbelt. He thought, listen, he thought he was so cool and so fly and so above reproach that he had no humility. And he says, Superman don't need no super, no, super belt, no seatbelt. Superman don't need no seatbelt. That's what he said. And the stewardess kind of sat back, and this dude would literally leave grown men who fought for a living speechless when he was doing his press conferences. So the stewardess stepped back. Stepped back. Man, you can tell I haven't talked since March. She sat back, and she just thought about it, and she leaned back into his ear. He said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she said, Superman don't need a plane either. <laughs> Said, why are you on a plane if you're Superman? You don't need a plane either. And so he kind of sat back and, and he was like this, this amazing trash talker, this amazing man who has put his entire name into trash talking and being cocky and all this kind of stuff gets, gets torn up by a stewardess, gets ripped apart by the stewardess. And a lot of times I feel like we can get into the same thing with, our, with, with, with where we're at. And so I'd like to read a story out of Luke. If you have your Bibles or your phones to your Bibles, you guys can do that. And here in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to make sure that everybody, if you have a cell phone, that you get um, a Bible on your phone because we're about to start something here in the next couple of weeks that's going to be really cool after this series. Um, it'll get you guys a, a free Bible on your phone. So it'll be cool. But uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke. If you don't, just sit tight because we'll have it up here. Uh, it's actually already up there. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to read uh, out of the NIV, and uh, this is what it says. It's, it's in uh, 24. So what happened, here's some background for you, just so we're not randomly reading scripture. I want you guys to know this, that this is right after they just, uh, the disciples just took communion. This is the Last Supper. This is our modern-day communion. 
This is when Jesus gives the bread and, and the, uh, the wine, and he says, this is my body, this is my blood. This is, it's the symbolism of his sacrifice that he's about to make. The, this is right before he's about to be crucified, right? And so, so he just did this thing, and I don't know if you guys have ever taken communion. I'm sure a lot of you have, right? It's a really sacred moment. It's a time where you're sitting and supposed to be reverent, supposed to be thinking about your relationship and what Jesus has done for you and all of this stuff. And so they just got done with the first one, the Last Supper, this first communion that we would see. And right after, right after this, they start arguing. And I want you guys to, to read this here. In, uh, in 24, it says this. I'm actually going to read it from my iPad. It says, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. And Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials and I confer to you on my kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the throne judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, Jesus, when he's, when he's breaking this stuff down and he says, this is my body, this is my blood, this is supposed to be the moment where they get it. They go, oh, this is what it means. This is what it's all about. And instead of doing that, they get in a fight. I'd be like if we took communion here on Sunday, and immediately after we take communion, somebody stands up and is like, hey, I'm better than you are, and you're not as good as me. That would be really weird, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think, like, wouldn't you think that that would be just crazy, that after this super sacred moment, this super reverent moment that we're supposed to be really introspective and look at our hearts and look at our relationship, that something that crazy would pop off? You see, this wasn't a new topic to them either because we see in a couple passages in Mark, um, Mark chapter 9 and then Mark chapter 10 as well. We're not going to turn there, but, but they had similar arguments of who's the greatest? Who's going to sit at your right hand? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who, who's going to inherit the kingdom? Because Jesus' followers, there were times where they just didn't get it. They just didn't understand what Jesus was doing and why he came. He came to what? Starts with an S. To serve. He came to serve. And, and the disciples, they just couldn't get it even in this moment where it's like super apparent of why Jesus is here. Jesus was there for the sacrifice. He explains what, what greatness in the kingdom is here. And he says it's service to serve. And so I want you guys to realize this in our first point here. And this is this. Leadership does not come with rank, title, or position. Rank title, or position. You cannot get leadership any of those ways. Don't let anybody think that you can. You see, Jesus, he begins his correction 
by first calling out what poor servant leadership is. He uses the kings of the Gentiles, right, the non-Jewish kings, the people who, who were lost and away from Jesus, away from God. And he says, this is how you don't serve. He talks about how the kings would lord over their people. They would, they would go out and, and, and they, would, they would try to push down on the people in order to raise themselves up. And he's saying, that's not what this is about. You see, for them, though, that was weird because kings and people in the kingdom had stature and they had um, a prestige and they were above reproach. Like, that's where, where they were at. But Jesus, the king of kings, the king of kings is calling out all of these kings and how they rule. And he's saying, that's not how we do it. He explains to them that he is the king of kings, but he's also a servant first. He's gotten that way. He became the king of kings through serving. Jesus' whole life was about service. You see, the heart of God is to serve those who are not only above us, because it's easy to do that, right? It's easy to serve people who, if you have a job, to serve your managers, right? It's easy to make sure that you're doing your chores for your parents because they're above you. It's easy to, to do that, but sometimes when you're getting with your peers, it's a little harder to serve. When's the last time you guys served your brother or sister, your legitimate brother, like your blood brother or sister, where you served them and, and genuinely did it because you wanted to, not because you had to? You see, it speaks to the type of leader that Christ was calling out because Christ, Jesus, had every, every, every single uh, authority to sit back, right? So, so when they're at the table and they're eating, moments before this, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He had every single right to kick his own feet up and say, you wash these. I'm not touching yours. You, you serve me. I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. I'm God. You serve me. He had every single right to do that. But instead, he modeled his entire life on service. You see, many will, will use their position. A lot of times, people in leadership, especially those who are corrupt, those who, who think that, that rank or title or position is what makes them a leader, they use that position as a crutch. They, they hold themselves up on it. Don't ever let yourself think that you can become a teacher, a doctor, a pastor, and then use that title to remove yourself from service. If you ever think that, man, if I could just get to be a teacher, if I could just get to be a pastor, if I could just get to be a doctor, I wouldn't have to do any of this, I wouldn't have to serve it or do any of this stuff, like that's not what we do. Have you guys ever had a boss at work or maybe just uh, you know or have heard of people, maybe your parents or whatever, who have had a boss that was a total slacker? Like, like, they did less work than you, and you were slaving all day. They never worked hard. And to make it worse, they used the, well, I'm the boss. Well, I'm the boss. So I'm the boss, so you have to do it. I'm the boss, so you have to do this. I'm not doing that because, you see, you see, these aren't true leaders, and their service and lack thereof is proof of that. My brother, um, this is a funny story, he'll, he'll be coming in for the wedding next month, so we'll make sure to stop by and so you guys can meet my family and everything. My brother is crazy. He love him to death. Uh, he is not like me, 
uh, in a lot of ways. We're a little different. He's, I'm kind of passive where, you know, you can, I'm, like, I'll let stuff go a little bit. My brother is like, mm-mm, here's the line, don't cross it, right? And so we were working at an ice rink together, and our boss did not do anything. She didn't do anything. She was the type to be like, there's a mess over there, go clean it. And he's like, well, you were over there. And she's like, I don't care. You clean it. And so one time, she was making herself a pot of coffee at work using the company coffee. She makes it, and she spills all this coffee beans out of the filter onto the floor. Right? And she looked at my brother. She said, she said, go clean it. And he's sitting, like, across the room, and he said, well, well, you were getting coffee, so you clean it. Like you were, she goes, no, 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 I'm the boss. I'm the, I'm the supervisor here. You, this is your job to clean up messes in the kitchen. And he goes, no, 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 but you made the mess. And she said, well, if you don't like it, you can just leave. And he said, okay. <laughs> Walked out. And she said, wait, 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 we need you, we need you, we need you. And he's like, no, I'm gone. He got in his truck and he left. The next day, our big supervisor called. And she's like, hey, uh, what, what went on here? And he explained it. And she's like, well, that is your boss. He's like, okay, all right, sure. Let me let you guys know that just because you have a title or a position or a rank or any authority, that does not mean that you are above service. And clean up your own messes, please. <laughs> you see, there's another part of this thing that's really important, and this is the second point. I only have three, so... It's this, the lower that we go, the lower that we go, the higher we're placed. You see, in John chapter 13, um, verse 12 through 16, I want to read this. This is Jesus washing the feet of the disciples like I was just explaining how he had every right not to do, but he did it. You see, when he had washed, when he had finished washing their feet, he put clothes on, and then he returned to his place, and he said, do you understand what I have done for you? This is Jesus he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another one's feet. I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. You see, Culturally, the reason why I bring up foot washing, because that's not something we do here anymore. You see, culturally, this was a low task. This was like the lowest of the low. If you were washing somebody's feet, you were like dirt. You were literally the dirt that, that you were washing off of their feet. Like, that's just where you were at. And the Messiah, the Son of God, the, Jesus, the person who, is, who, who died for your sins, he... he he, he makes himself lowly and actually washes the disciples' feet. You see, he knew that God would continually raise him up and sustain him through everything if he would lower himself and serve even in the lowest positions. Even in the lowest positions. You see, service leads to sustain, sustainability. All right, everybody say service. Service. Service leads to sustainability. Sustainability. Can you guys say that? Sustainability. Mm -hmm. Service leads to sustainability. And if we serve others passionately, God is going to raise up 
us into more influential roles in our schools, in our work, in our churches here. But as soon as we lose sight of it, when these roles come, we're going to miss out on growth as leaders and as people who are, who, who are Christians, who, follow, who call ourselves followers of God. So let's make sure, let's make sure that we always are putting ourselves in positions to receive what God has for us. Let's not miss out. Don't squander your calling and your purpose because you don't want to do service to another person because you don't want to serve in a lowly position because you don't want to do the things that you thought you might have grown out of. Don't ever let that be you. You see, for me, um, when I was an intern, right, I did my own internship at my, my, uh, my church back in Kentucky, and I thought, man, I'm an intern. I'm going to come in. I'm going to preach every single week like Garrett did. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to And they handed me a toilet brush and some cleaner, and they handed me a dust, uh, duster. They handed me a vacuum. For nine weeks, all I did was clean the church, make sure everything was clean, take out the trash, move it along. And I stacked chairs. I, I did all of this, and I didn't get a chance to preach at all. Now, I'm not bashing my, 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 uh, my church members because, man, my church family was awesome back then, and they really built me up in a lot of ways. But let me tell you, when you're scrubbing your 36th toilet in the church, no joke, we had 36 of them. You're scrubbing him every single week. And you're going, oh, man, I, man, I thought, hmm, I'm an intern. Like, what the heck? When do I get to do this? When do I get to do this? When do I get to do that? And fast forward now to me becoming a youth pastor. And I'm like, well, I'm a youth pastor now. Cool. But guess what? When I'm here, I'm taking out trash. I'm moving chairs, I'm setting up stuff, I'm cleaning toilets every now and then. Luckily, we have cleaning staffs and people who could come in, but, but like, what I'm trying to say is my, my title never got me out of some of those jobs where service was at the core of what I had to do. Guys, don't, don't let yourself think that just because you're in a high place, you don't have to do this. Continually dig in and go lower and serve in the lowest places because God will raise you up into amazing, influential roles of leadership. I'm telling you, it's incredible. And this is the last thing that I want to really leave you guys off with. This is the last thing, and this is this. Service does not exclude anyone. Say, I'm not excluded. I'm not excluded. Say it again. So as you probably have guessed by now, service is not something we are only called to the few, right? Pastors or people on church staffs or people who are teaching or people who are doctors, right? It's not only those people. It's not only me as a pastor who's called to serve. If you call yourself a Christian, if you say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to what? To serve. You are called to serve, and we have to have the right posture. You see, Jesus, in the seven woes, he states in 11 and 12 that the greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So if you want to experience humility at the hand of God, which let me tell you something, you do not want to experience that because God will humble you. It says it right here in Matthew. 
You do not want to experience humility at God's hand. You want to submit yourself to that humility on your own. You want to willingly do that because that is where, where God can move. That's not the way to be elevated by waiting for God to come in and, and stick his thumb down and say, no, I'm actually going to humble you. I'm actually going to make sure that you know your place here in service. Because there, there are times where God will humble you, I, I promise you. I promise you. I went through, and I've talked about it a little bit, but, but I went through a job interview with a place where I got interviewed three times in the same week by the same church. I'm like, I got this job. I got this. Like, dude, it's easy. First interview, first church I've ever seen. Oh, dude, I got it. They never called me back after the third interview. And I sat and I waited for months, literal months. And I said, hey, uh, what about this job? Oh, we're, we're looking through some stuff. Hey, what about this job? They got back to me like halfway through the second semester of my senior year and said, oh, by the way, we went with somebody else. And for me, who was puffing myself up and thinking, oh, man, dude, first interview, knocked it out of the park. Let's go. I got it. I can do this. This is easy. I got humbled. Let me tell you, if you can go ahead and walk in with that, uh, that, that humble spirit from the beginning, God is going to continue to elevate you. And you won't even think about being better than anybody else. That won't even come across in your mindset. You won't even see that as a thing will never come to you. That, that sense of entitlement, that sense of like, oh, man, dude, I got this in the bag. That will never come. If you can continue, continually humble yourself. You see, service is at the very heart of God. It's the very heart of him, and it's woven throughout all of the stories of the Bible. You see, Jesus is the very model that we're trying to follow, and, and he placed servanthood at the core of his ministry. His heart to serve is at the core of every miracle, every, everything that he ever did, every sermon he preached, every teaching he taught, every conversation he had, every miracle he worked, it's at the core, was his heart to serve. It even led him to serve by giving his life for you and me, to die on a cross for our sins. That was an ultimate act of service, to lay his life down so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could be in a place like this and get to hear stories like this freely. It was his heart to serve. I can only think, man, what would it look like if we began to follow the model that Jesus had modeled for us, to serve those around us, even when we feel like it's beneath us, even when we feel like we don't have to do this, even when we feel like we're above it or we've graduated out of it. And what would it look like if we adopted that, that model of service, being humble? I'd like to end with this and you guys can, can bow your heads and, and close your eyes with this as you think. I just want this to be a reflection time here for just a few moments. But I want to ask, man, would you take that chance to set out and become a servant and trust God to sustain you and lift you up? Because if you're desiring to be a leader in any capacity, if you want to be a leader in anything, whether it's ministry, whether it's teaching, whether it's nursing, whether it's whatever, 
if you don't have a heart to serve, you're never going to see the full potential of God using you in that position. So how do you do it? You, you find a group to regularly serve with. You find people to come across and, and, and do that and watch God move. If you're going through something right now where you're feeling like the situation is heavy, feel like you can't get out of it, you feel like you are at the end of your rope, if you could pour yourself out, you're going to find that those situations are less heavy. You're going to find out that, that things uh, inside of you are, are, are not as, uh, as weighty because God is, is working through you as you're his hands and feet. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a joy because you're going to grow close, closer to God and closer to others. I'd like to just pray right now. First over this message, and then I want to ask if anybody would, would raise your hand to, to accept or, or to repent or, or anything like that. Because I think that that sometimes gets a bad connotation. And I'd like to take that word back in this semester of, of repentance and actually saying, you know what, I'm wrong and I need to fix it. But first, let's pray over this message, over what God has given us. Father, I pray that right now you would call us deeper into servanthood so that we could grasp what the disciples didn't after this Passover meal. That to truly be great in the kingdom, to truly be great in, 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 in what you are calling us, we have to be servants, and we have to be humble servants. Father, I pray blessing and favor on each student, leader, and parent as we walk this journey to serve you and serve others passionately. Father, I pray that right now it is out of our love for you that we can serve other people and serve in a way that is just remarkable, that people can't even understand, that, that people don't quite grasp and they 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 learn they yearn to learn more father i pray for each and every one of these students that you would give them a heart of service we love you and, and we want to to grow closer to you we want to experience you and we want to be able to to draw near to you lord this is how we do it through taking that model of service and applying it to our lives there's anybody here who has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like I said, Jesus died on a cross for your sins. He, he died for you. That was an ultimate act of service. If you have never had a relationship with Jesus, and tonight you're saying, I want a relationship with him. If that's you, with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. If that's you, if you say, I want a relationship with Jesus that's real and authentic, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. If you have had a relationship, but you're like, I'm kind of far away, and honestly, I, I don't really grab this whole service thing either. You would like to give your heart back to Jesus and you would like to make a commitment to be a humble servant again, to, to really follow suit in this model of serving. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? I want to be a servant. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each and every student here. Lord, you have seen the hands that have gone up. Not that there's any formula to raising a hand. That's not what saves us. That's not what builds a connection. That's not what draws us close to you. But the commitment that we know that we're making when we take that stand to raise our hand, that is very much real. So, Father, I pray for each and every student here that those who have accepted you for the first time and never had a relationship, Lord, that they would begin to seek you out. Lord, that they would begin to open up your word and just get a chance to, to learn about you and to read about you and to hear your heart speak to them. Lord, for those who are making a rededication of, of service and, and commitment to you, Lord, I pray blessing and favor as they recommit themselves. Lord, bring them back to the places where they realized that you were, were their love. Bring them back to those moments and bring them back to those places where they can say, this is why I chose you. This is why I did this. Lord, I pray that you would wrap your hands around each and every one of these students and let them know that you are near and let them know that you are close to them, that you want relationship with them and that you want the best for them and speak to hearts during during the, the the final moments of this service as we seek you out through worship again we love you and we thank you for everything that you are and for the word that you have given us tonight in jesus name everybody said amen amen so